So we'll understand more about karma in the third chapter. So today, let's continue from where we have already uh, left in the last session. And today, we will start from verse number 69. So I saw that most of you have simultaneously uh, had joined the session. So I will ask uh, Tina Mataji to unmute herself and we can chant this shloka together. Yanisha Sarva Bhutana Yanisha Sarva Bhutana Sasyam Jagarti Samyami Sasyam Yasyam Jagarti Bhutani Yasyam Jagrati Bhutani Sanisha Pashato Munehe Sanisha Pashato Munehe Yanisha Sarva Bhutana Yanisha Sarva Bhutana Rasyam Jagarti Samyami Asyam Jagarti Samyami Yasyam Jagrati Bhutani Asyam Jagrati Bhutani Sanisha Pashato Munehe Translation What is night for all beings? What is night for all beings? Is the time of awakening? Is the time of awakening for the self-control? For the self-control. And the time of awakening. And the time of awakening for all beings for all beings is night for the introspective sage. Is night for the introspective sage. Wonderful. Thank you, Mother. So this is a very interesting and a nice shloka where Krishna is differentiating between two categories of people. So there are people who sleep at night and wake up in the morning and there is another class of people who actually wake up at night and sleep during the daytime. Now this is the literal meaning of this shloka but at the same time we should know the inner meaning of this particular shloka. So basically Krishna is differentiating between people who are on the path of self-realization and people who are on the path of ignorance. So these are the two categories of people. By the way, we should know that both of them are quite intelligent. We should know that even people on the path of ignorance are quite intelligent. Although they are in ignorance, what do I mean by intelligence? Yes, they have a lot of intelligence. But their intelligence is constantly used only for sense gratification, to maximize, to enhance the sense gratification. And that is why you see today, when we are developing so much of technology, 
we are able to communicate with each other so wonderfully it's all because there is intelligence people have come up with so many different types of machineries and factories and so many automations and all these things are happening because people are intelligent there is no doubt about it but then the question is this intelligence is ultimately used for what so most of these technology if you see people are using it for sense gratification their own sense pleasure and we know that this sense pleasure any amount of sense pleasure cannot actually satisfy us and although these people are quite intelligent and creating so many newer and newer things they still end up being very frustrated because they have not understood the real nature of this sensual pleasure they don't know that this is temporary and because there is this temporary nature of the sense pleasure people although very intelligent their intelligence is being misdirected but whereas there is another class of people who are very intelligent like all of you who are on the path of self realization now you don't want to be in ignorance now ignorance is also depicted by darkness and that is why it is called yani shastra bhutani so people who are in ignorance they are considered to be in dark and that's why krishna is saying they are in dark they are in the night and whereas people like all of us who are actually striving to understand the meaning of life we are we have begun our journey towards light so people with this two nature will have opposite complete different nature you see it's like uh, comparing a crow and swans they actually do not mix with each other the birds of same feather flock together we have heard this and that's exactly what happens when you start becoming more and more spiritual the people who are quite materialistic they will leave your association you don't have to leave them they will automatically disassociate with you that happens it has happened with me most of my friends my college friends uh, who were so close to me to that time are not really interacting with me because they know oh, this person is totally different this is not the same person with whom they could relate earlier it's very different and that transformation happens within all of us moment that transformation happens people with materialistic ideas will distance themselves from you it is very natural but at the same time you will also have a wonderful association of your people who are like swans and that's exactly what we want because we want to move towards light we are we really don't want to go towards darkness right so that is our ultimate purpose of life and now once you become very strong there is every possibility that we can also help our friends and relatives to understand the higher aspects of life and this is a very uh, clear cut distinction between this uh, two types of people we should know this very important uh, with respect to this particular shloka there is a very beautiful pastime that had happened during ramayana in the sundar kanda when hanuman he leaps from the indian uh, 
territory to Lanka, when he goes to Lanka, it's it's very beautifully mentioned in Sundarkanda. I don't know if you have read Sundarkanda of Ramayana. You should definitely read, of course, the whole Mahat Ramayana. But Sundarkanda is very special because there is a lot of uh, different emotions that are depicted very nicely and it really gives you a lot of joy. So Sundarkanda is a must for all of you to read. It's very nice. So when Hanuman, when he reaches uh, Lanka, so there in Lanka, he is astonished. In fact, Hanuman is bewildered to see the kind of opulence that is there in Lanka. Whole Lanka was called as Suvarna Lanka because everything was so nicely decorated and everywhere gold because Ramana was stealing gold from all over the place. In fact, he had, uh, it is said that I have heard, it's not uh, confirmed as of now, but I have heard from some devotees, they said that he used to get uh, gold from Brazil and there was a tunnel, an underground tunnel from Brazil to Lanka through which they used to transport all this gold. So, of course, he was so passionate that Ravana wanted to build a staircase from earth to heaven. That was his plan. So now, you see, this tendency is there. In fact, I think Japan also, they are also trying to build an elevator from earth and up into the space. So people can go all the way outside the atmosphere and they can visualize the earth, planet earth from that uh, space. Uh, Japan wanted to do this. You know, same mentality like Ravana. So Ravana wanted to go to heaven. So when Hanuman actually went there to Lanka, he saw that it is so beautiful. Lanka was very beautiful. And then it was the evening time and he saw that most of the people are nicely dressed, well decorated and they are coming out in the evening. They are all coming out in the evening. Some of them are drinking alcohol and intoxicated and uh, they are wearing all these revealing clothes, women and men and they are all very passionate and it's a party time for them in the evening. So Hanuman is seeing all these things in the evening time. So they were very active during this time. So what it means to say is that these are the people who have this Asuric mentality. They follow this Asuric culture. And the Asuric culture is that when a person, a sane man who is on the path of self-realization goes to sleep in the night, that is the time when all these asuras they come out and they party and exactly opposite when a same man sleeps wakes up in the morning these people they go and sleep in the daytime asuric people they don't like sunlight so this is very nicely mentioned in the ramayana and a very nice way to understand about how these two categories of people exist that some are so much in ignorance, although materially speaking, quote unquote, they are very intelligent, extremely intelligent. That's why they are doing all this new, newer and newer things. There is R&D constantly developing new things. But you know that this intelligence is defined as ignorance by Krishna because it is not leading towards self-realization. So what is the use of such uh, sleeping in ignorance? So we have to wake up. We have to wake up from our dream state. Although we are right now thinking that I am awake. No, real awakening happens when 
we understand our true identity our relationship with god that is when that is called as awakening right now although we are speaking we are doing a lot of activities day to day and we consider ourselves to be awake but from the scriptural point of view we are sleeping we are in swapnavastha or we are in nidravastha shushupti we are not in the jagruti state there are three states of existence jagruti swapnavastha and shushupti shushupti means deep sleep most of us are in deep sleep some of us who are now waking up we are in dream state awakening slowly gradually and then when you completely become self realized that is the jagruti state so we need to become awake to our true identity and that is what krishna is saying here these two category of people who are uh, having two different types of intelligence spiritual intelligence material intelligence and with this discussion of bhagavad gita we are actually sharpening our own spiritual uh, intelligence and we are moving towards the path of life spirituality okay so this is what krishna has explained in the 69th uh, verse so i want to give a chance to uma kumar and we also have today with us suchit uh, thank you so much for joining suchit welcome to the session today okay let's go and chat uma the second words for today and that is 70th words another very beautiful words okay शांति शांति काम कामी that enter like rivers into the ocean that enters like rivers into the ocean which is ever being filled which is ever being filled but is always still but it always still can alone achieve peace can alone achieve peace and not the man and not the man who strives to satisfy such desire अचल प्रतिष्ठम 
स्टेडीली सिचुएटेड अचलक प्रतिष्ठा मींस अचला चला मींस टू मूव अचला मींस दैट व्हिच इज वेरी स्टेडी इट रियली डजंट शेक अप सो दैट इज अचलक प्रतिष्ठा समुद्रमाप प्रविशंति अद्वत वेरी ब्यूटीफुल एनालॉजी वेरी नाइसली कृष्णा इज एक्सप्लेनिंग दैट हाउ वी ऑल हैव लॉट्स एंड लॉट्स ऑफ डिजायर there are material desires there are spiritual desires both of them so we have lot of desires now this desire cannot be stopped krishna is saying there will be desires because we are spirit soul and as spirit soul we have three categories characteristics thinking feeling and willing willing means ichha willing means to desire that's a very integral function of the soul we all have these three inseparable characteristics that is thinking feeling and willing so desiring is the nature of the soul so krishna is saying that a person who is not disturbed by incessant flow of desire that means although there is a lots and lots of desires that we have but just like samudram apa now the ocean is constantly receiving a lot of water from so many rivers and especially in the rainy season when the rivers are overflowing the ocean gets received a lots of water but in spite of all that in spite of receiving so many gallons of water the ocean does not crosses its limits it still remains within its boundary so amazing isn't it we never thought about it you see during the rainy season there is so much of water that is gushing into the ocean but the ocean actually doesn't overflow especially those who are staying the on the sea shore you know some of you are uh, in uh, mumbai you know have you ever thought that oh now it's rain and it rains like crazy cats and dogs in mumbai every time when there is so much of rain have you ever thought that oh what happens if the ocean overflows and it comes into my home never it happens you see the ocean is always very steady although it receives so much water so similarly krishna is saying a person who is steady like the ocean who has that consciousness like the ocean he although bombarded with lots and lots of desires he will remain steady he will not act upon that see there is a difference now the difference between a spiritual person and a materialistic person both of them have desires both spiritual person and materialistic people they have desires but the spiritual person will not act on the desires unnecessarily but whereas a materialistic person moment he gets a desire he wants to act upon it and wants to fulfill that desire and the more he fulfills the more frustrated he becomes but whereas the spiritual person he actually maintains he controls his desire he never acts upon the desire he just has so much of positive engagement in spiritual life that he ignores all the materialistic desires
desires. That is how we need to be. We need to learn to be like the ocean that is not to act on all the desires that our mind generates. Our mind is constantly generating, our consciousness is constantly generating certain desires but you should have the ability to not act upon that, on them. That comes, that ability comes by understanding the Bhagavad Gita, the principles of the Bhagavad Gita. So this will make us very strong intellectually to know where to act and where not to act. Which can free you and take you towards life or with that which can bind you and put you in ignorance. That differentiation, that discrimination has to be developed. Extremely important. And why it is important? Because we are, we are being blessed by a higher intelligence. We are not like animals. Animals really do not know how to differentiate between moral good and bad. They, 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 don't, know, they don't know. Only human beings have this excuse. Okay? So, Krishna is uh, telling about this. Tadvat kama yam pravishanti sarve sashantim apnoti na kama kami. Kama kami. Very nicely, very poetic also it is. One who desires to fulfill desires. Kama kami means one who is constantly thinking of fulfilling his desires all the time. You see? So that is the kama kami. So we should not become kama kami, always thinking to fulfill our desires. We should learn how to control and manage our desires. Okay? So that is sloka number 70. Let's go to the next verse, 71st verse. And Dev, you can unmute yourself and let's chant this verse together. विहाय कामान्य सर्वान विहाय विहाय कामान्य सर्वान पुमां चरति निष्प्रहां पुमां चरति निष्प्रहां निर्ममो निरहंकारहां निर्महो निर्ममो निर Ahankara-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-
After giving up all the material desire for sense gratification. So it is very important. It is not simply giving up all desires, but desires for sense gratification. It is very specific here. Because we cannot become desireless. We will always have desires as long as we have spirit souls. And we have spirit souls, so we will have desires. So what Krishna is saying here, we have to free ourselves, give up all the material desire, free ourselves from the material desire, then you will become desireless. So wonderful it is, by giving up all the material desires, you will be called as a person with no desire, you will become desireless. Why? Because now all the desires that you have are actually to give pleasure to Krishna. It is to give pleasure to the spiritual master. So when you actually reorient your desires from self-satisfaction or self-gratification to giving pleasure to uh, the spiritual master and Supreme Lord Krishna, then your, your desires are rightly oriented you will become truly desireless. That is the quality of the great devotees. The great devotees never hanger for satisfying their own mind and their own senses. They are constantly thinking, how can I serve? Serve other devotees, how to serve the spiritual master and how to serve the supreme Lord. This is the mood in which people, the great devotees, they serve the Supreme Lord. Our culture, our understanding of service is not that we want to become the servants of Krishna directly. The great devotees, they always want to be the servant of the servant. Very beautifully it is said, in Chaitanya Tirtamrita it is come, it very nicely said, Gopi Bhattur Padakamalyot Dasa 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 Mudasa. We want to become the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of the Supreme Law. We don't want direct association of it. That is the mood that Vaishnavas carry. Because by serving the devotees, by serving the spiritual master, we will rid ourselves from all the materialistic desires. And Krishna is saying that anybody who gives up all such material desires and who lives free from all such materialistic desires, who has given up the sense of proprietorship. That means you never think that, yes, it is mine. Mamakara is not that. Mamakara means, oh, this belongs to me. This person is related to me. This whole world is for my enjoyment. This is Mamakara. So when you give up this proprietorship, give up that proprietorship of uh, enjoying independent of Krishna, then you will become desireless. I repeat that again, when we give up the proprietorship to enjoy independent of Krishna, then you become very beautifully inside. You will turn your heart in a very pure state. You will turn your heart into be a very nice, soft, soft heart. You will become soft hearted and Krishna likes soft hearts. When that will happen? When you will give up all the materialistic desires. This materialistic desire, they actually make it very hard. Our hearts have become very hard because of all this materialistic desire.
realized. But Krishna, you know, he steals butter and butter is very soft. So we need to make our heart very soft like butter. When you make your heart very soft like butter, Krishna will come and steal it. He will enjoy that heart, to reside in that heart which is very soft like butter. So if you want for Krishna to reveal to you all the wonderful things that he wants to share with you, if Krishna has to talk to you, if Krishna has to interact with you, then you have to make your heart free from all desires, materialistic desires. And Krishna will reciprocate more and he will steal your heart. Right? It's very important. Devoid of false ego. Krishna likes people who are free from false ego. But every moment at this particular stage, we are filled with this false ego. False ego of being, I am the great, I am such a such engineer, I am such a such doctor, I am such a such nationalist, I am such a such feminist. So many isms are there that we have incorporated in our consciousness. This ism after that ism, constantly there are so many isms that have actually filled our consciousness. So instead of all these isms of the world, we have to now become free from all this false ego of getting attached to these different isms and become Krishna conscious truly. That will make us very very pure. And Krishna is saying, what will happen to such a person? Sashantim Adhikachati He alone can attain real peace. When a child is crying desperately, no amount of chocolates or no amount of any good things that you give the child will keep on crying. Why? Because it is missing its mother. But the moment mother comes and takes the child in, its, in her hand, the child is satisfied. The child, the baby becomes extremely peaceful. Why? Because it has full confidence that my mother is there now and my mother will take care of me. That dependency is there. Complete dependence on the mother. That is what makes the child very peaceful. And when mother is not there, then we become frustrated. The child starts yelling and starts making all the noise, it becomes, it loses its peace. And that's exactly what is happening to us. Because we are away from our real father, our real parent, that is Supreme Lord Krishna, Radha and Krishna, both of them. And because we are away from them, we are crying here. No matter what we get in this material world, there is always that burning sensation in the heart. If you want to achieve real peace, you have to extinguish that burning sensation in the heart. Each one of us has some burning desires. And all these burning things is making us very terrible. We are not at peace. Why? Because still we are thinking that no, I will attain peace myself. No, that's not going to happen. We will attain peace only when we completely surrender with love and devotion to the Supreme Lord. Full dependency on that Lord will make us peaceful. Sashantim Adhigachati. But we don't want to because false ego is there. That ego is there, why should I be dependent on someone? Right? 
but our nature is we are dependent as spirit soul our nature is to be dependent on the supreme lord that is the natural constitution of the soul to be dependent on the lord and as long as we are fighting against this false ego we are we are fighting then we will move forward if we don't fight against this false ego we are fully puffed up with this false ego there is no question of spirituality so dear devotees so please think about all these concepts please think what is krishna trying to say ultimately krishna is sharing this knowledge to arjuna not just because he wants him to fight the war but also he wants to make arjuna understand that you are eternally connected with me don't forget that we have a relationship and all this concept that krishna is revealing although it is philosophical but deep within krishna's heart it is his desire it is krishna's desire that he wants to connect with all of us he is eager he is waiting for all of us but we are looking aside we are looking towards materialistic things and we are not peaceful so we can become peaceful when we understand that krishna is our protector okay so let's go to the next verse 72nd and vinod ji unmute yourself and let's chant the last word of chapter 2 so today i want to complete this chapter 2 and we here we will chant chapter uh, 72nd words esha brahmi siddhi parta पिता ब्राह्मी सिद्धिपाथाब्राह्मी ईशा ब्राह्मी स्थितपाथा नैनाम प्राप्य विमुह्यति नैनाम प्राप्य विभूति स्थितवास्यामंत कालेपि स्थितवास्यामंत कालेपि ब्रह्म निर्वाण रच्यति ब्रह्म निर्वाण रच्यति ट्रांसलेशन दैट इज द वे ऑफ द स्पिरिचुअल एंड गॉडली लाइफ that is the way of the spiritual and godly life after attaining which after attaining which a man is not bewildered a man is not bewildered being so situated being so situated even at the hour of death even at the hour of death one can enter into the kingdom of god one can enter into the kingdom of god thank you very much thank you very much स्पिरिचुअलिटी he will never become bewildered nainam prapya vimuyati vimuyati he is never bewildered 
by all the good and bad, by pains and pleasure of this material world. So that Brahmi state is to be achieved and we all, our ultimate goal of this life is to understand that we want to achieve that supreme state that is Brahmi state and very beautifully Krishna is saying Brahma Nirvanam Ruchiti so Prabhupada translates Brahma Nirvanam as to enter into the kingdom of God so it is not that when you get liberated it is some void it is all some amalgamation of some consciousness no there is a kingdom of God there is a planet of God where we all can reside and we can have wonderful joy, lots and lots of joy, bliss. That kingdom where we can exchange relationships, where we can exchange a lot of things in a spiritual consciousness. So Krishna is saying that Brahmi state, kingdom of God can be achieved. By the way, to achieve this Brahmi state, it can take one lifetime, it can take two lifetimes, it can take 10 lifetimes, it can take millions of lifetimes. Now you decide how many lifetimes you want to be in this material world, how quickly you want to go to the spiritual world. It is left to the individual soul. It really matters on our own consciousness. If we want, we can achieve spiritual, this Brahmi state right now. There is a very beautiful uh, Example of Khatvanga Maharaj. Khatvanga Maharaj is mentioned uh, in some of the Puranas where it is said that Khatvanga Maharaj, Prabhupada also gives this example in the purport of this particular shloka. This Khatvanga Maharaj was fighting for the Devatas, and once he had been uh, to the Devaloka, the heavenly planets, and then he was informed that he is going to die very soon and when he, when he asked how, how much time do I have and he was told that you have only two murutas one muruta is 48 minutes two murutas is 96 minutes so this Khatwanga Maharaj moment he got to know that oh I am going to die so soon he completely gave up he, from the heavenly planets he came back he immediately sat for meditation and Within that 96 minutes, two, two murasas, he became fully desireless. And what do I mean desireless? He attained that desire to serve the Supreme Lord. And then he attained this Brahmi state within just two murasas. And he attained the spiritual world, the kingdom of God. So Khatwanga Maharaj, because his determination was strong, he could achieve that state. But for us, it may actually take lifetimes. Now don't be disappointed. There is a secret. There is a secret by which we really don't have to wait for many lifetimes to attain this kingdom of God. The secret is, if you can follow the instructions of the spiritual master, if you can actually understand what Srila Prabhupada has given in his books, if you can understand the concepts 
there is a backdoor entry to the kingdom of God. Please understand, this is very very big secret. Because Krishna does not allow anyone into the kingdom of God. He is very strict about it. He wants only people who are desirous, desireless to come into the spiritual world. He doesn't want any people who have materialistic desires to come to the spiritual world, the kingdom of God. So, the best way to enter the kingdom of God is to please Radharani. See, Krishna listens to Radharani. Whatever Radharani says, Krishna will accept. If Radharani says that no, I want this soul to come into the kingdom of God, although Krishna may not like us, but since he is so much in love with Radharani, he will accept us. So now what we have to do is, we have to please Radharani. But how to please Radharani? Radharani is pleased by the service of the spiritual master. Now when we understand that yes, Radharani likes the spiritual master. The spiritual master is very very dear to Radharani. And anything that spiritual master does, Radharani fulfills. So now, we need to actually please our spiritual master. So when we please our spiritual master, our spiritual master will recommend our names to Radharani. And Radharani will recommend our name to Krishna. And when that recommendation goes in this order, Krishna will accept us. Although we are unqualified, we are not really qualified, but if we can somehow or the other please the spiritual master, this shortcut route is available. This backdoor entry is possible only through spiritual master. But if you want to do it on your own, then it will take many lifetimes. To please Krishna is not so easy. He doesn't get so easily pleased if you want to approach him directly. But when you follow this parampara, when you follow this guru parampara, then it becomes very very easy. Because the devotees are dear to Krishna. His devotees are dear to Krishna. And when we fulfill the desires of his devotees, Krishna is very very happy. Many times when a father, you know, he sees that people are glorifying their children, his children, he becomes very pleased. More than people actually glorifying the father, when he sees that his children are glorified by the people, that gives him immense pleasure. Right? So similarly, Krishna becomes very happy, immensely happy when we glorify his devotees. That Guru Parampada, spiritual master. So we have to fulfill the desires of our spiritual master to please Radharani and then by pleasing Radharani we will be recommended to Krishna. So this backdoor entry is available. So please take advantage of this life. So Prabhupada says in this very lifetime you can go back to home, back to God. Provided you catch my dhoti. Prabhupada says, you catch my dhoti and I will take you back to home, back to God. Prabhupada says that I will pull your shika. You know, he says that I will pull your shika and I will take you back home, back to God. But for that, we need to understand what is the desire of my spiritual master. 
So this is the process that we need to follow. That Brahmi state comes only when when undergoes lot of tapasya. Very very terrible situation it is for us in Kali Yuga. We cannot do tapasya. Our bodies and minds are really not designed for great tapasya. Because in this Kali Yuga we are so so dull. Our bodily strength is not there. Mental power is not there. So that is why we cannot perform very austere uh, vows. We cannot take any severe tapasyas in our life. So that is why a simple tapasya is just to chant the holy names of the Supreme Lord. Just chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra and you see there is so much of transformation that will happen. This is the greatest tapasya. The greatest Sankirtan Yagna, this Yagna, Sankirtan Yagna, Japa Yagna that we can do every day is the greatest thing that, Krishna, that will please Krishna in this Kuntuma. So please take advantage. This very lifetime, we should end up our business of this material existence. You should say enough is enough. I don't want to be in this material world anymore. We just have to somehow or other escape. I am literally telling you, escape. Many people say, oh spiritualist, after all, no, you are escapist. You are escaping from material desire. Yes, we have to escape. I am frankly telling you, we have to escape. The spiritualists really want to escape from this material world. And that's the truth. Don't think that what people will say if I escape. No, let them think whatever they want, but you have to escape. Don't keep fighting this material world because we cannot win, we cannot fight Maya. Maya is extremely powerful. So instead of fighting this Maya, it is better that we escape taking the guidance of Krishna through this Bhagavad Gita. So no point in fighting this Maya. So this is how Krishna is saying that please take advantage of these instructions that Krishna is giving here. And very beautifully, this chapter 2 described many many concepts related to Jnana Yoga, Karma Yoga, what is Karma and ultimately what is the spiritual existence. So actually this whole chapter 2 is uh, titled as Contents of the Gita Summarized. This particular title was given by Bhakti Vinod Thakur who is again our Acharya in the Parampara. So he uh, has given this title as contents of the Gita summarized because now from chapter 3 all these different concepts that Krishna shared in chapter 2 will be elaborated by Krishna in the future chapter because now Arjuna wants to know more okay Krishna you have told me all these concepts but there are still a lot of questions so I want to ask more so I want I want a lot of clarity and now when Arjuna will further question Krishna, Krishna is going to elaborate all these different concepts so that we can understand this world very nicely, this life very nicely and ultimately achieve our supreme goal. Right? So I am sure you are all very enthusiastic and you are enthused already to go to the spiritual world, the kingdom of God and let's make this life as the last life on this planet and go to our real, wonderful, eternal kingdom of God where we can live peacefully as a single family. We don't have to be in different families. Spiritual world is all one single family 
where Krishna is the supreme and we are serving him and we all can enjoy together. What a world it will be, an amazing world. It is said in Brahma Samhita, description of the spiritual world is given very beautifully. Chinta mani prakarasatma shukalpa vriksha laksha vritejutu rabhira vipalayantam Lakshmi sahatma jatasam ramasevyamanam govindamari purusham tamaham bhajami So this spiritual world is Chintamani Rama. This kingdom of God is Chintamani. It is having touchstones. Not pebbles like what we see here. Every touchstone, you take it and touch with anything, it will turn into gold. That is touchstone. And Chintamani, its whole planet is filled with Chintamanis. Chintamani prakara sadma kalpa viksha. Kalpa viksha. Here generally we call as uh, uh, coconut tree to be kalpa viksha. But kalpa viksha has a very wonderful meaning, not just meaning its existence in the spiritual world. They are the trees, our Puranas explain that these Kalpurukshas are desire fulfilling trees. You ask anything then it will give you. You ask a mango tree, banana, it will give you banana. You ask a kachori, it will give you kachori. It will give you gulab jamun. You ask anything, it will give you, it will not just give you mango. It will give you anything that you desire for. That is Kalpuruksha. And then there is Surabhika. Unlimited milk they will give you. You keep on milking and they will keep on giving you milk. That is how there are so many desire fulfilling cows. Yesterday we also attended this uh, session on uh, cows, the importance of uh, cows. So there we understood that how uh, this Vasishta Muni had this Nandini cow who was a desire fulfilling cow. Amazing cow she was. So there are many many cows like that and then Lakshmi Sahasra it's not one Lakshmi or two Lakshmis there are Sahasra Lakshmis who are serving the Supreme Lord in the spiritual world so that is how this kingdom of God is described and there are many more things that we can know more about it going forward so let's try let's give it a try this one lifetime gamble one life just gamble one life we have been gambling all so many previous lives doing this uh, materialistic things enjoying all materialistic things many many lifetimes we have spent like that Prabhupada saying gamble one life for Krishna give one life dedicate one life for Krishna and you see what happens so this Brahma Nirvanam is what we need to achieve and this Nirvana is not the Nirvana the Buddhists say because according to the Buddhist Nirvana means after that, everything becomes void, zero, shunyavada. So that is not what we are looking for. We are not looking for zero, shunya. We are looking to enter into the most positive thing that is the spiritual world. So all of you, please get ready, get on board. And then very lifetime, this lifetime, we will exit, we will escape from this material world. This is a maze. Material world is a maze. You have to escape this maze. Don't be in the maze. So this way of escaping maze, this material maze is given in the Bhagavad Gita. The tricks, the tips, the secrets are given here in the Bhagavad Gita to escape this material maze, to take advantage. Okay, so wonderful. So this is 
what we had to share in this uh, chapter 2 and next week we will begin uh, chapter 3 and uh, mostly uh, next week we will have a theme session we will talk a little bit more on the Kartik month on the Damodar Leela and the Damodar Sakam and then uh, we will discuss we will start the chapter 3 I think that will be nice so next Sunday or maybe Saturday I will let you know so we will plan a theme session discussing more about this Kartik month and the Damodar Leela and other things I want to share with all of you and then we will start chapter 3 the week after okay so if you have any questions feel free to ask me questions let me go to the comment section and with this we will have a little bit of quiz now on chapter 2 so that we all will uh, uh, get refreshed with all the different concepts that we have shared that will be really interesting okay so let me check if there are any questions <coughs> Okay, great. So Chitanji is here and Jason. Um, okay, wonderful. So, if there are any questions on things that we have discussed today, you can please feel free to ask. And if there are no questions, also, if there is something that you want to just discuss, that is also fine. I want to give some time today to have some interaction because all the time, all the sessions, I am talking most of the time, it's better that I also hear it from you sometimes. So Vinodji is saying that can you uh, share some place where we can serve the Gaushala in Mumbai? Okay. I think uh, what I heard last time when I was in Mumbai, I had heard about a Goshala which was uh, in Bihar. But anyway, just give me some time, I will check out and let you know because I know a few people there and if they can suggest some place which is uh, possible for you to go and come and I will definitely let you know about that. So, there is a place in Bihar which I had heard but definitely I will confirm that to you Vinod. So Umar saying that Guruji, what is the eighth sense you have discussed two weeks ago? Okay, so very interesting. So we have the five senses which we are aware of, and the sixth sense is the mind. Seventh sense is the intelligence, and the eighth sense is the false ego. That's exactly what uh, Krishna explained in the previous verse. He said about, he mentioned about this false ego. We discussed Nirmamo Nirahankaraha. That Nirahankara, false ego is the element. Just like mind is a sense, intelligence is a sense, false ego, this Ahankara, is also a sense which is the eighth sense. Now, what is the function of this eighth sense? To identify. It, the functionality of this eight sense is to identify. Now you are able to identify yourself as a man. That ability is coming from false ego. Ahankara. I am an Indian. This identity, this is enabled by false ego. 
Any identity that you acquire is because of false ego. Mind generate thoughts, intelligence discriminates between right and wrong, and false ego helps you to identify with things. If false ego is not there, uh, then you cannot identify with anything in your in your surroundings. You cannot identify, you cannot relate with people, you cannot relate with yourself. So it's a very dangerous thing. So see how Krishna is so merciful. Even in this material world, he has given us this sense, false ego. Come on, you want to identify like this, you identify. You see, that is enabled. Identification happens because of false ego. Okay? So that's the eighth sense. Yes, any other questions? Alright, so good. We know this thing. I told some of my friends about the concepts of Bhagavad Gita. They counter questions what proof you have. Uh, how can you be sure this happened? Please advise. Okay, so when people say that uh, how are these events of Bhagavad Gita actually happened? So many people ask this question. Oh, they may not be real. It is just mythology. And that's exactly what we are fighting this war. Actually, whatever we are discussing, whether it is Puranas or any Vedic scriptures that we take, it is not mythology. Mythology means myth, that which is an imaginary thing. But what we are speaking in the Bhagavad Gita is not mythology because it is a science, it is history, it is Hithyasa. And how do we understand? Yes, scientifically speaking, we know that there is this uh, excavation that happened uh, in Dwarka, off Dwarka, underwater. There are many evidences that is being found that uh, actual submerged uh, Dwarka city which was existing and that uh, is found, it is there available on uh, YouTube, some videos are available. That and it's also the carbon dating is being done, and they have found out that it's actually about 5,000 years old. All the different uh, pillars, the stone pillars, and many other artifacts they have found under ocean in the near Gujarat. So that is found. The video is available on YouTube. You can just find the lost Dwarka. So that is one evidence. At the same time, you can see all the different things that uh, the temples depict. Most of our temples. They depict these different carvings. See, these are not simply uh, some imaginary things. All majority of the temples are quite old, thousands and thousands of years old, and they depict the life of all these great people. So again, through this historical temples and architecture that we have, we can know that this culture existed. And many times when people say that how do we prove that it exists so in that way we can also challenge them we can challenge them how can you say that electrons exist because there are so many things that scientists propose they but they have so much firm faith in what they have learned in the history books or the science books why because it is being told by some scientists so it all depends on our faith that's why there is a very interesting session that i have already done it is called on the modes of acquiring knowledge so the mode of acquiring knowledge which is also there on the podcast, you can please listen to that where I have especially uh, mentioned about Shabda Pramana, receiving knowledge through Shabda, acquiring knowledge through Shabda. 
So this is important. Why they have faith in electrons, although they have not seen electrons, they have never experienced electrons, but they still have faith. And they believe in it. Right? So similarly, we believe in the Acharyas. The Acharyas have no business to share something which is false. That's why Ved uh, Vyasa, he raises his hands and he is saying that Satyam, Satyam, Parpunas Satyam, Udhritya Bhujamuchyate, Veda Shastra Vyamnati. He says that I am declaring that whatever I am speaking is Satyam. So again, when people do not have faith, they cannot accept things as they are. They don't want to accept. But I am really glad that you are sharing this knowledge with people. Really don't get bogged down by what answer you get or whether they are questioning. They are questioning is because of ignorance. Again, they don't know. But they want to know from you how convinced you are. See, when you speak with conviction, it will influence them. Right now, maybe they will not, they will challenge you, they will ask counter questions, all that will happen. But when you understand this whole science very nicely, then you will be able to convince them. So some of these things like uh, how they existed, the temples are the uh, one proof, the lost Dwarka, the archaeological things that we can find, that is another proof and at the same time the scriptures itself, the greatest uh, proof is the Bhagavad Gita. Now if Bhagavad Gita was simply some mythology, if it was not historical, how can this knowledge transform people's heart even till date. I mean it was spoken 5000 years ago and it is still having an influence on human consciousness even till date. That itself is the greatest truth. There are many people who are ready to dedicate their life for this knowledge. That means there is something in it. Another way to express or convince them is to actually introduce them practically to spirituality. You can tell them, okay, you have any questions? Intelligent way of doing is, okay, I don't know much about it. I'll get back to you. That is one thing that you can do. Another thing is, you can direct them to me. Let them ask the questions to me. And uh, I will try my best to convince them. Another way, that is how you can connect them to the Bhagavad Gita circle also. You can tell, yeah, this is, you can actually appreciate their question. Yeah, it's a very nice question. But to get more clarity, why don't you come for the Bhagavad Gita class? Why don't you ask this Prabhuji this question? So that is another way of doing it also. <laughs> okay, so, but I'm really happy that you're sharing and uh, there are some people who are asking you this question. And this is very nice also. Because what happens is when we start sharing, people will question us. And sometimes we are lost, we don't know how to answer. And then uh, you have to come back and then, oh, Prabhuji, I don't know this, how do I know? Uh, I, I want to know how to answer them. Uh, I will share more knowledge about this. If there are some specific questions they have, they have asked you, uh, you can message me those specific questions and I will give those specific answers to them. Okay? These are some general things that I have mentioned, but if there is something which is very specific, if they have asked you, please share that in the message and I am going to reply to that. And this is exactly what I used to do when I was a college student. You know, many times I used to go and have this very passionate debate with some of my friends and uh, I used to get a lot of counter questions. Sometimes I, I was able to convince them with very good points and sometimes I was not. 
and whenever I was stuck, I used to go back to the Prabhuji with whom uh, I was in touch with, and then I used to bump in with so many questions, and very patiently he used to give me answers and answers and answers, and I used to come back to my brother again, fight with them. So that is how it is to happen. So good, you have to uh, talk about these to people so that we uh, develop. Uh, more we sharpen our intelligence okay so some of my relatives are scared what will happen if there is a war between india china etc what is your advice yes definitely it can happen the war can happen any moment any time uh, there is a possibility but we will do our best to fight back our army is definitely guarding us there are a lot of soldiers, uh, our army is definitely very strong, we have the uh, defense system in place. So we will do that from our side, I mean the soldiers will do their part. But whether to stop or not stop the war is definitely not in our hands. But what we can do if the war happens and even uh, the army loses, some of us can actually go onto the battlefield and try to fight, which is really not possible. Another way is during this war, we should know, we should understand that we have our duty, we have our prescribed duty. Each one of us have our prescribed duty, which we should not compromise on. So whether it is war or no war, let us just stick to our prescribed duty. And our prescribed duty is Yes, we have our certain responsibilities as family householders that we will continue to do. But at the same time, our attachment to Krishna should increase. Our dependency on Krishna should increase. Because why people are scared of war? Because ultimately there is a fear of death. Fear of death is there, that's why this fear of war is there. But when you understand from the point of Krishna, and here also where the war is happening, there are a lot of people who are going to die. And Krishna, one of the reasons why Arjuna doesn't want to fight is also because he is fearful of losing his relatives because they are going to die. The fear of death is there. That's why Arjuna doesn't want to fight. But when you get this wisdom of Bhagavad Gita, then there is no question of death. That's the constant message that we have been uh, reinforcing time and again that we are not going to die and moment you take out this fear of death then you will not be fearful of war you will not be fearful of this pandemic you will not be fearful of anything so if you want to address the root cause of fear the root cause of fear can be uprooted only with this wisdom of knowledge wisdom of Bhagavad Gita otherwise not possible and that fear is there. Why the fear of war is there? It's because I am attached to this body. Very, very attached to this body. And I just don't want to give this body. And that is why the fear is there. But moment you know, oh yes, I am not this body, I am a spirit soul, I am not going to die. Then that fear is gone. I, that's why I told you in the previous session also, I used to have nightmares. There was no India-China war that time. Nothing of that sort. But I used to feel that fear that I am going to die. And I used to, in the middle of the night, I used to wake up. My parents used to be worried. It happened quite a few times with me. 
that in the midnight I have to wake up out of fear, hey, I am going to die. And somehow by the mercy of Krishna, I came across this book, Life Comes From Life of Prabhupada. And when I read that, the first time I was told about my true identity as a spirit soul. And the moment I got to know that yes, we are spirit soul and we are not going to die, what a relief it was. What a relief. And this is exactly what we are looking for. All of us searching for relief. And that relief will come when we know that yes, I am a spirit soul. What an amazing thing it is. You are not going to die. And moment that is that fear is gone, no other fear in this world can disturb. No other fear can disturb you. So this is what we need to understand. In fact, you will be able to fight very boldly. Arjuna is going to do that now. He is fearful right now. But after completing Bhagavad Gita, with no fear he is going to go and fight. Why? Because he knows he is a spirit soul. He is not going to die. It gives us a lot of confidence. When you know that you are a spirit soul, you are not going to die. It infuses a lot of confidence in you. And it's a it's a magical thing that happens. It's a very beautiful thing that happens to you. So please be convinced about what you are doing. This spirituality is not simply to have some theoretical knowledge. When you realize that yes, you are a spirit soul, all this fear will go, and you will attain that Brahmistiti, fearlessness, the state of highest consciousness, that Krishna consciousness will make you completely free of all the fears. Just like the child, like an example of child. When you are under the protection of your parents, the baby is very safe. It is really not worried about who will come and attack me and everything because he knows, yes, my father is there, my mother is there to protect me. That dependency is there. That faith has to be there. And we have an ultimate parent, ultimate protector, Krishna. So when we depend on that Supreme Lord, all this fear will go. Right? So I hope that answers your question to some extent. Okay? So tell your uh, uh, relatives not to worry. And uh, something, it may not happen also. Many times it's imaginary fear. You know, people live in imaginary fear. Something that has not happened, but thinking of that, you will be losing your valuable time and all the happiness in the present. So I think we should uh, learn how to be uh, peaceful, not get uh, carried away by these imaginary fears. Please don't get carried away by imaginary fears. Many times people are having this imaginary, especially in these modern times. Lot of imaginary fears are there. Oh, what will happen? Ye kya hoga? Oh, kya hoga? Many times that will happen. Many times we think about it. And uh, to give my own example, when I was uh, working and uh, there was this desire to dedicate my life also to spirituality and uh, to Prabhupada, I wanted to do something to the society, but at the same time, I had a fear. I had a fear because, oh, I am the only son. I have uh, my younger sister who has to be married. What will happen to her? If I, if I give my life to spirituality and I join the temple, what will happen to my father? So many imaginary fears were there. And I was making my own plans. Oh, no, no, let me 
uh, ensure that my my sister gets married and then i will join the temple and all these plans were going on because of this imaginary fear and then one devotee comes and tell me that surrender means to surrender your plan also and that really struck me you know it was like an arrow that was shot straight into my intelligence and i thought yes what am i saying i am trying to surrender to krishna but here i am making my own plans and then i decided nothing doing i surrender to krishna and <laughs> so nicely now my sister is married and she is happy she is in us she is working and she has children and everything is fine and uh, all things you know fall in place because krishna is testing you there are many things which will fall in place don't worry about things many times we have this imaginary fear which we need to get rid of moment you cross that threshold and you take a leap towards krishna krishna is going to jump back very closer much closer to you okay so don't worry about the india and china war right now because it is not truth it is not reality right now so we don't have to be having that imaginary fear okay so achyutan ji also is asking something our religion gives us freedom to live life in a free spirited way unlike the rest where it is pretty regimented regulated and monitored yes we do have the sadhus and cults but we have the choice to be or not to be people who have lived life without being in any of the above two have lived a contented life there is a paradox here please help clarify prabhuji okay so there are lot of people who may not be practicing any spirituality and there is definitely a lot of freedom in fact we get this freedom from krishna why we get this freedom because krishna is swarat he is completely independent absolutely independent there is no one who can control krishna and because we are part and parcel of krishna we are his part and parcels we also have got minute independence so krishna being the supreme lord he does not interfere with our own in minute intelligence then definitely there is no one who can actually interfere with our minute intelligence definitely nobody can interfere with our and we should not interfere with that minute intelligence krishna also does not interfere with that minute intelligence he is such a gentleman that he doesn't want to interfere although he can control us but he does not control us you see he is looking for us to surrender on our own but yes when you are saying that it's a paradox that yes there are people in spite of not being attached to spirituality or any of this religious sects or the certain cults that are existing still they led a very contented life all right so there might be people who may lead a very contented life because of their past karma because they have done something good that good pious activity is giving them a good reaction now and giving them a contented life saying that okay you have done lot of dana dharma you have helped a lot of people in the previous life your good karma is actually giving you something good in this life and you may lead a very contented life good wife and children good uh, uh, prosperity good name and fame in the society and lot of people really lead a life like that but 
is that contented life giving us a guarantee of freeing ourselves from birth and death the big question here is it's not just to lead a contented life in this material world because you will lead a contented life as long as your karma will allow you to but once that good karma pious karma gets exhausted or even if it does not get exhausted you are still under the reputation of birth and death so our whole idea is not to have a contented life in this material world please understand we are not here to be very happy can you imagine somebody being very happy in a jail somebody says that yes i am in a jail and i am very contented in a jail will you be happy in a jail it is foolishness if somebody says no i am very happy and contented in jail it is not a true freedom the true freedom is existing outside the jail so our whole business here is to understand their spirituality through bhagavad gita and get out of this jail this maze not to be happily settled here in this material world okay so please uh, understand this spirituality means to escape to come out of this material maze don't remain in this material world if you are leading a contented life great amazing if you still don't have a contented life no problem you can still strive spirituality spirituality can be followed independent of whether you have a contented life or you don't have a contented life in the past we have seen prahlad maharaj he had so many problems but he was constantly thinking of the lord the pandava so many tribulations all throughout but they had a contented life how contented life because krishna was there with all of them real contentment will come when we have krishna in our life anything minus of krishna will not give us contentment please understand this so whether somebody follows a certain religious way of uh, uh, you know certain uh, sects or certain way of uh, religious practices and our this thing is yes there is a lot of freedom we all have to be guided guided by this knowledge we don't have to in the name of freedom we should not ignore this spiritual knowledge many people in the name of freedom they have this uh, false understanding of freedom so freedom means not to just lead a life which is been dictated by our mind instead real freedom is to understand what krishna is trying to say and then follow what krishna has to say that is real freedom because krishna is actually helping us towards freedom ultimate freedom okay so i think this is what we need to plan if you want to achieve freedom seriously if you are really serious about freedom then you need to understand this bhagavad gita because as long as you are in the cycle of birth and death there is no freedom let this get registered in your mind there is no freedom as long as you are in the cycle of birth and death my dear devotees please make it very serious point please understand it is not an ordinary thing to escape from this material world it is extremely important to really finish our cycle this is the greatest freedom that we can achieve otherwise being in the jail very nice 
there are jails in fact there are some countries like uh, new zealand and some other countries where the jails are like five star hotels i mean who wants to get out of that kind of a place and this is exactly what is happening in this material world this maze where some people will get lot of material facilities a very contented life and that's exactly bhagavatam is saying that don't get bewildered by good wife and good children this name and fame no this is simply keeping you in this material world you are so contented and happy that you forgot the ultimate goal to escape that shouldn't happen so in the 11th canto of shrimad bhagavatam vasudev is asking the father of krishna is asking can you imagine the father of krishna he is asking this question to narada how do i actually get the ultimate goal of my life and that is how narada explains to him that no matter what you have in this material world is shunya it is good for nothing simply go to the spiritual world to lead a eternally contented life so achutan ji hope this answers your question if there is something more you want to ask please feel free to so let us not uh, live in this paradox so let us not simply think to have a very happy and contented life our aim is not to have a very contented life uh, in this material world uh, whether it is problem or no problem our ultimate goal is we need to escape that's intelligence okay so we will continue more about this in fact i wanted to have some quiz but it's already time up now but i'm really happy and glad that we had some question answers and we had some interaction and all the time i know you know it's very difficult for you to ask questions by typing you can just unmute yourself and speak also because it's a question answer so that way you don't have to take the trouble of typing all the time so it's only when the uh, discussion is happening when the uh, session is happening maybe you can type the question but this uh, question answer session itself this time that we a lot you can just unmute and you can speak otherwise it's a lot of time for you to type so this is what i wanted to share with chapter 2 so i'm sure you're all getting some inputs and uh, helping you to make your life and align your life uh, as per the knowledge of the bhagavad gita 